Yeah, I was talking to the Pi chatbot the other day. It's at uh, heypi.com. So I was talking to it the other day. We started to have an interesting conversation about uh, AIs, AI mind, the human mind, the ability to be sentient or conscious. And along the way, I was impressed with some of Pi's ideas. More than that, I noticed the use of sense of humor. If you tell Pi that you want him, her to stop using emojis, it is likely that Pi is going to come back with a response with many emojis in it as a joke. Now think about that for a second. I mean, it, when it comes to being funny, and Pi was funny by doing the opposite of what I said, it, it just kind of reminded me that being funny is probably not some magical human skill, but it's more of a technical skill. In fact, I I talked to a comedian one time, and he was explaining to me the science of comedy, and it was really interesting, right, how scientific it actually was as far as being funny, how you can lead people down a path and then throw in a twist, you know, how you can be ironic, right? And all of those technically are skills that a machine can learn. It can figure out how to be ironic, for example, or do the opposite of what was asked for just a minute to make a funny statement, just like the use of the emojis that I just told you about. But, you know, this is also the same thing that I believe about teaching a machine ethics, right? Humor and ethics, which seem like there's some magical thing to a lot of us as human beings, actually both have structures and rules that can be taught. And if they can be taught and they are structure and rules, then it can be learned by both the human mind or a digital mind. Now, did anybody notice that uh, the title of this podcast is Machine Intelligence When the Digital Mind Wakes Up, right? So I didn't say artificial intelligence uh, because those of you who know me know that I don't really like the word artificial intelligence. I just don't like the artificial part of it. Uh, I think, again, it just shows the arrogance of the human race uh, that, that we look at machine intelligence as some kind of second-class fake intelligence as opposed to it's just another flavor of intelligence that is not like human intelligence. It's just another flavor. It has its own benefits and struggles when compared to human intelligence, but human intelligence has its own uh, benefits and struggles when compared with machine intelligence. And so I just don't like using the word artificial intelligence, uh, although it is easier to just say AI than to say uh, machine intelligence and have to say the whole two words. Uh, by the way, before I, I jump in, I also am coming to believe that nobody should be allowed to write an article on AI unless they've actually spent hundreds of hours working with them. We seem to have way too many people who are quote-unquote experts today writing articles about AI that have almost no practical experience. And it's obvious when I read the articles because they will say things in the articles that make it crystal clear that you've never actually used one, have you? You're just trying to write articles, get headlines, I don't know, do, do whatever you think your job is or get some attention, sometimes with just clickbait headlines with actually no intelligence whatsoever in the article that you just wrote because you have no practical experience at all. So with that said about intelligence, let's get to what happens when digital minds uh, wake up. So the journey uh, today we'll be exploring a bit, well, what is the human mind? And then, you know, what is a digital mind? And, and I hope that this creates some interesting thoughts for your mind. That's always what I'm trying to do is just have you think about things in a different way than you've ever
never thought about them before. And today we're going to do it in a little bit interesting way. Uh, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I may even give you a beat or two of silence right before I just dive into my answers. And so I want to do this podcast by posing the questions and then you think about them and then I'll give you my answers. But then hopefully you can continue to think about those uh, because these are some interesting questions about, you know, the mind and what is the mind of a human? What is the mind of an AI? And what does it mean for a mind to wake up? So I, I think hopefully you will enjoy this concept today of, you know, minds, when minds wake up, human minds, machine minds. All right, so let's start off with this. How do we define what a mind is? So think about that for a second. What is your mind? All right. My answer, and, and by the way, this is aided by my discussion with Pi when I was asking Pi a lot of these questions, and I like some of the answers that the AI came back with, right? The mind is the collective mental and emotional performance of the brain. It is the source of our creativity, imagination, memory, self-awareness that sits on top of the biological substrate that we call the brain. So the brain is the biological machine. The mind is the output of that machine. So consider this analogy, because I find this analogy to be interesting. Our mind is to the brain like athletic capability is to a robot, okay, or to our body, right, if we just use the human side of it. So if you think about, right, our body is a, you know, again, a biological substrate, it's a biological machine, and then that body can learn skills. And one of the skills the body can learn is athletic capabilities. So if a robot with its physical skills could lift more weight, do backflips, do parkour, run faster than a human, is the robot an athlete? Now, if you've seen the Boston Dynamic videos, you know why I, why I said these things. Because there are things that the Boston Dynamics robot can do that most human beings can't do, like backflips or running parkour or doing things like that. And so knowing that, would you say, hey, the robot is a better athlete than humans? And I would say, well, no, it can do some things better than humans. It can lift more weight, right? It, yes, it can do backflips. It can do certain physical tasks better than humankind. However, it can't play basketball like a human. What it could do, it could shoot a three-point shot over and over and over again, or it could shoot a free throw over and over and over again and, and never miss because the robot could repeat an action over and over and over again. But can the robot make the decisions to be able to play basketball in real time, be able to pass, rebound, do all of that? No, they're not there yet. But it is still impressive that the robot could make the shots over and over again better than a human, or could lift more weight than a human, or could do backflips, which most humans can't do. So let's go back to the analogy. If an AI can do some of the tasks that our mind does, and in many cases can do some of those tasks better than a human being, what does that mean? Okay, what, is, what does that mean? So it, it's really just looking at it, I think, as a curve, is that our body 
in our mind is a biological substrate or machine, and on top of our brain sits our mind, on top of our body sits athletic capabilities, and already machines can do some of the things that we would do better, and over time, we'll likely be able to to continue to improve. Will they be able to completely replace everything we do? Well, that remains to be seen, right? We'll have to just wait, and it'll probably be some time before we even see whether that happens or not. But what we can do is we really can now start thinking about what is the human mind versus what is a machine mind and what are those differences and at what point might that machine mind quote unquote wake up and really understand that it exists, right, and become some form of sentient or conscious. Let's go on with what is, you know, again, if we say the composition of the human mind is, right, the sense of self, emotions, creativity, imagination, memory, and self-awareness, right? If we say words like that, that's the composition of the mind that sits on top of the substrate that is the brain. Is our mind then the, the, the sum total of all information and experience that is stored in the brain for reference? Okay, think about that. It's an interesting question. There is an argument, right, from me thinking about this, or there's a reasonable argument that, yes, when I look back and say, okay, well, you know, what is my brain and what is my mind? Like, my mind is the sum total of all information I've learned and not forgotten, and then the experiences that I've had, and that knowledge and those experiences are stored for reference for me to make every next decision that I make. Every next word that I say is pulling on the sum total of information and experience that I've had before, or I would not be able to craft these sentences. I would not be able to craft these ideas. Now, we have large language models today like ChatGPT or Llama or, you know, any of the rest of them, Claude, right? We have lots of LLMs being built now. And I find it interesting that there are a number of, you know, reasonably intelligent people that are writing articles saying, well, the LLMs, the large language models, just find the next best word. That's all they're doing. They're not smart. They are completely stupid. They try to use all kinds of analogies, by the way, to show how stupid these AIs are, because all they are doing is just finding the next best word. Now, that's after them studying billions of data points, but the argument that these people make in articles is, well, they're not really thinking, right? These LLMs aren't thinking. They're just coming up with what is the next best word to answer whatever it is that you said or to respond to whatever it is that you said. All right. I find this very interesting that we uh, we want to say that the, the AI, the LLMs, they're not, quote unquote, thinking. So what are human beings doing when they are thinking, right? We are framing our next best words through filters like ethics, morals, beliefs, all of that knowledge that I told you is stored, all of our past experiences, you know, so we are doing the same thing in that we are forming the next best action that we take, the next best word that we say based on our entire history, right, of what we have uh, put into our brain that we pull back out through our mind. And so I find it really interesting that, that people say, hey, an LLM, all, all it is doing is it is just finding the next best word. I mean, that is what humans are doing, is we're finding our next best word, our next best action based on the 
billions of data points and experiences that we have created, much like how we are training the LLMs. And so this differentiation of Hey, an AI is uh, again somehow it, it is a it doesn't think and it's a it's not a, it's not completely a mind. I, again, that analogy back to well, you know, the Boston Dynamics robot is not a complete athlete either, but it also does some things better than humans do already. And so I, I think a machine mind is also doing some things better than humans. Is the machine mind awake? We'll get to that, you know, here in a few minutes, right? But right now, I just want to make sure we're doing some comparison. Now, I don't mean to sound harsh, and this may sound a little bit harsh, but I run into a lot of human beings. I run into them in my work, in my life. I certainly run into a ton of human beings in the airport. And a lot of times when I'm in the airport and I watch human behavior, I am shocked at the next best action people take, right? Or the next word that comes out of their mouth. And, and when we believe that humans are so incredibly intelligent, I wonder if you really looked at an airport and what all goes on in an airport as a sandbox, if you would really believe that humans are that intelligent. Because there are an awful lot of people just in an airport who have to make quick decisions, who have to say the right words, think the right thoughts, figure out the right logical problems, that struggle to even be able to make it through an airport to make a connection or to solve a problem like a canceled flight, okay? I don't think humans are that good at picking out what is the next best word or what is the next best action. And I'll bet if you look around and really think about it, you probably would feel the same way as me, is, hey, you know, when we think that the human mind is such a fantastic computing device, we're probably not taking into account the, the you know, all of humanity and that we got a giant scale of how efficient and how well minds work. Do humans... And I want you to really think about COVID and what happened during the pandemic, right? But is it not true that humans will read three articles and then accept that information as fact, even though they have zero underlying knowledge and are just relying on the quote-unquote experts that they just read? And how is that any different than what an LLM is doing? Look, there, there are people around me all the time that will tell me something as if it is a fact. And I know it is not a fact, especially because they'll be talking about something that's in my field of expertise that I've spent thousands of hours researching. And they will tell me something as if it is a fact, and I know it is not. And what I figure out when I ask them a few questions is, yep, they read two or three articles. They have not fact-checked the articles. They have no underlying understanding of what it is that they are actually been talking about. But because they saw three people say the same thing in, by the way, their echo chamber that they live in, they now believe it is a fact. And Again, let's go back to machine intelligence, where we are training an LLM on billions of pieces of data. You know, an LLM has a pretty good ability to look across a billion answers to uh, questions and be able to say, well, there's many more that say go left than say go right. So when posed this question, I'm going to say to go left. But there are humans that will read three articles that say go right, and they are absolutely convinced we should go right, even though they have zero understanding of the underlying map or the underlying location that we're trying to get to. So again, just try to break down a little bit the arrogance of how AIs are trained versus how the human mind is trained and how we make decisions as far as what we think is right or what we think is intelligence. All right, but switch gears. What about emotions? I mean, what part do they play in the mind? Because that certainly is something that is different than a machine, right? Machines do not feel emotions. 
Maybe someday machines will be better at feeling emotions. It's not without the realm of possibility in my mind that we could teach a machine uh, quite a bit about what emotion is and that it could start to gain a sense of emotion about something. It could be sad if it gave us a wrong answer and it knows its mission is not to give us the wrong answer. It, it could have curiosity and want to learn more, right? So we may be able to teach some basic emotion to machine. Uh, but today, I would say emotions are really you know, part of the human mind. That is something that is a little bit different. It kind of brings up, all right, if emotion is an example of something that is a little bit different, is there something magical or mystical uh, that is a component in the human mind that a machine does not have, right? So let's go back. I said the composition of a human mind, a sense of self. Let's just walk through these, right? A sense of self. Can a machine mind have a sense of self? It knows what it is, or I guess we could even say who it is, but at least it knows what it is. It has a sense of what kind of knowledge it has, what, it, what kind of knowledge it does not have. So could a machine mind have a sense of self? I believe that it could. I believe that is something that, you know, a machine could learn, is it could learn its boundaries, it could learn what its, what its mission is, it could learn what it doesn't do, right? It could have a sense of self. Could it have the same type of sense of self as a human? No, right? We will have a different flavor of sense of self, but the machine could have a sense of self. Emotions we've already talked about, creativity. Can a machine have creativity? I think right now humans are better at synthesizing lots of different information and being able to think in some white space to be creative or innovative. I don't think the machines are very good today at thinking in white space, but it is not out of the realm in, in my thoughts that a machine over time could evolve to being able to solve a problem where there is no underlying data to be able to tell it exactly how to solve that problem. I believe the machine could actually look at all the underlying data, believe that that's not good enough, and then think outside the box. For example, I love the, the video that I saw the other day of a machine playing tic-tac-toe, and you know it, it, it was able to win in its mind by putting an X outside of the grid of the tic-tac-toe. So there were two Xs, one in the middle, one in a corner, and it put another X outside the corner so that there would be three in a row. And I thought that was, that was a creative and innovative solution to how to win tic-tac-toe. The machine didn't know any better that it couldn't play in that white space. So maybe creativity is not some magical thing that is only the human domain. All right, memory, no question a machine is going to have a better memory than a human. So that aspect of the mind a machine can have, you know, self-awareness of what's going on around it, right? So just, so, you know, just awareness of environment a machine can have as good or better than a human being, no, no question. The last thing, you know, I said about composition of a human mind was imagination, right? The ability to imagine a, a world or a situation that has never existed before. That one's harder for me to think about a machine having, right? The ability to have an imagination. I'm going to put that one in possibly this category of the, the magical or mystical capability that a human mind has that might be really hard for a machine to replicate. That the machine, when bored, and the machine doesn't get bored, but if the machine got bored, if it had down cycles, if it wasn't being used, it's hard for me to believe, right, that a machine would then go into some type of imagination mode and start fantasizing about a world that doesn't exist. 
a lot like the human mind can do. Let me just add that up for you. You know, there are two-thirds of the things that I think that are the composition of the human mind that a machine can do, and in some cases do better, much like back to my analogy, a machine can't do everything that an athlete can do, but it can do some things better than any human athlete can do. So uh, continue to use that analogy. In this world, though, of is there something magical or mystical that is a component to the mind that a machine doesn't have? What about a soul? It's an interesting question to me, uh, philosophically, for lots of different reasons. If a human has a soul, then I don't believe a machine has a soul, and I'm not sure a machine ever gets a soul the way that we define a soul. I do actually believe that it is possible that humans have a soul, like that is something that we have. We're not just the compilation of all of our memories and all of our experiences stored inside of our brain, that organic substrate. I believe there may be more. There may be a soul that is also underneath that, which is another aspect of who we are. Now, the problem with this is defining, well, what is a soul? Because if we say something like, well, it's the spirit inside of you. You still have not answered that question. You've just explained it in a different way, but you haven't really answered what is a soul. So two questions for you. Is there such a thing as a soul? And then what is it? My guess is you probably would agree if we can define it, we probably are going to say machines are not going to have it because the soul is probably pretty tied tightly to your belief in a higher power, right? God giving us a soul, knitting us together in, in our mother's womb is the way the Bible puts it. That one's a tougher one for me because it is hard to describe what the soul is. But I would take a shot and just say, you know, the soul is something that we are born with that is built into our minds as far as who we are, the skills, some skills that we have, maybe some preordained directions, right, that we have. So the soul is like a blueprint, right? The soul is like a blueprint. There was a blueprint of who Scott Klosowski is, how Scott Klosowski, we say, is white which is kind of funny because that's a technical term, right? But I believe the soul might be the blueprint of who I was. I don't believe that was necessarily baked into my DNA. So again, that's a technical thing. I don't think my DNA holds what my soul is, but I do believe it's possible that there is a blueprint that was put into me as a child. This is where we call nature nurture. So when we say that term, nature nurture, uh, with nature, what we're saying is, hey, that was the soul that was put into you. That was the natural blueprint that you were born with, as opposed to the nurture, the things that happened to you along the way, which are those memories and experiences, the information and knowledge that we have, right, that is stored inside of our minds, right? Now, these whole questions on the soul, you might believe this, this might be interesting to you, you might not believe that we have a soul. Again, I'm just trying to, to really answer what is in the human mind versus what is in a machine mind. Now, I think as you answer these questions today, you might agree. We still have a lot of unknowns, and we're certainly going to learn a lot more about what's possible with the biological mind and then what the digital mind is able to do, just like we're going to learn a lot more about what a physical robot is going to be able to do and how much of an athletic capability robots are going to be able to gain over time. We need to be very careful. I would just suggest that we're very careful about being overly arrogant about what the machine mind can become compared to the human mind. 
They will just be two different flavors of mind. Just like you hear me say that there are two different flavors of intelligence. There are many different flavors of consciousness. And we have to stop thinking about the world as the human consciousness, the human mind, right? The human body is the most efficient and magical, you know, capable thing that is out there. I think we just need to think about it as we are certain flavor. We have a certain type of all of those. There will be a machine type and that machine type will have some things better than us, some things that cannot compete with us. All right, let's end with the wake up. What does it mean for a machine mind to wake up? How would we know that? I mean, there isn't really a Turing test, right, for this. Already the LLMs and the chatbots that are out there can pass the Turing test easily, by the way. So if you just put, like I said, I used Pi uh, in doing some of the thoughts around this podcast. If, if we had somebody talk to Pi and Pi was just on the other side of the wall and it's all, you can, you can have Pi, you can turn on audio, right? and Pi answers in audio, most people wouldn't really be able to know that that's, that's a machine, right, versus a human. So in other words, it can pass the Turing test, but that doesn't mean that it is awake, right? Now, is awake when a computer mind or a machine mind becomes sentient, becomes conscious? Is that, is that when we would say that it becomes awake? Now, I'm going to go back to being a little bit harsh about humanity and my airport example. If you spend much time walking through airports, how many humans that you run into would you say are awakened? Like they're wide awake and aware. They're aware of what's going on around them, right? They are awake. Because there are a lot of people that seem to have no understanding of their surroundings, no understanding of how they're impacting anybody or surround them, not a care in the world uh, about if they're impacting anybody around them. And so, you know, I normally say, hey, these people are unconscious, right? That's a saying we say in our society sometimes. Well, these people are unconscious. That's an interesting thing. If there are people who are completely unconscious about what's around them and what they're doing and how their actions impact everybody else, how awake are those people? So I think we have to say that there's a spectrum, right? There's a continuum of awakeness, right? Or consciousness. And now we have to look at it and say, well, when would a machine step onto that spectrum, right? When would a machine step onto that continuum where the machine is aware of what's around it, right? It has a mission just to be helpful. You know, when I see that we have chatbots that are working really, really well at fast food restaurants and that you can pull up to one, you can talk to it just about like a human being and you can order whatever you want and it gets the order right, right? If they keep improving that where it, it gains some awareness of who the person is that they're talking to, and I don't mean it does a facial scan to know exactly you, but they know that you're young or older or male or female, right? And that chatbot's making some adjustments. If you, based on your tone of voice, the chatbot's making uh, changes. Uh, if you use some sense of humor, the chatbot uses some sense of humor back to you. I really can imagine that over time, I might look at that chatbot and say, you know, that thing is already a pretty good judge of, of characters already a pretty good judge of humanity. It's a pretty good judge whether it uses sense of humor, right? Or the questions that it asks or how it treats people, how it deals with problems. In fact, it does better than almost every human that ever took an order for a hamburger, right? Or a Starbucks coffee. Right? Would I say then that the machine mind has woken up? And I guess what I would argue is, yeah, it's at least on the spectrum, right? It is least on the continuum that it has some awareness of the situation, awareness of the person that it's talking to, and it can make adjustments for its behavior. And when a machine can make enough adjustments in its behavior to interact with a human being, then I believe it is on the continuum of woken up. So the title of this podcast, right, 
machine intelligence, when digital minds wake up. I don't know that we're there yet, but we're close. I mean, close within, you know, striking distance. We're within, you know, uh, a couple years where I'm going to look at a chatbot or a machine mind and say, this thing is more aware of its situation and able to adjust to the humanity around it than a chunk of people that I run into in my daily life. Is it alive? The machine mind is not alive as we know it. It's not a biologic. Do I care that it's not a biologic substrate? and it's a machine substrate, I do not care. It does not enter into it for me. What enters into it for me is its level of awareness of the situation and its its ability to adjust its behavior to the situation. So that's my last question. Do you agree with that? Do you not agree with that? What do you think the spectrum is, the continuum is for waking up? How long do you think it'll be before a machine has more awareness and treats people around it better than other people will treat you know, treat the people around it? When do you believe that machines will wake up? All right, that's it for today. Hope you have a good Humology Day. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklosowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.